Hello, True Matters listeners. This is Mikhail, and I have missed you guys. It has been a minute since I have put out an episode, and I'm coming at you with another solo episode because we all know how much I love to hear my own voice. I'm just kidding. I felt like this episode would probably be better suited solo, but I do have some exciting guests coming up that I'm really excited to share with you all. So the reason that I've been a little MIA on here is because I had a rock climbing injury in the end of March, actually pretty soon after I put out my last solo episode, which I appreciate all of the feedback on. It was nerve wracking, but has given me the courage to get on here and share another solo. So thank you so much for listening and for all of your wonderful feedback and support. So I took an incredible trip out to Joshua Tree for a rock climbing a few days back in March and my cup was so incredibly full by the time I finished. In fact, it was one of those moments where I looked around and kind of found my community for a little bit. I felt so at home. I felt so present and peaceful and it was one of those moments where everything in the universe just felt like it aligned so perfectly and then as the universe always does, she shook everything up and flipped everything upside down. And right when I felt like I had just found my community and my sense of belonging in so many ways, almost like my identity, I would say. Uh, first day back in the gym after that trip, I tore my labrum rock climbing. <laughs> you guys would not even believe it was not a cool route. I had done it before. I actually really didn't enjoy it the first time I did it, Um, but it was my first day back in the gym. The stoke was high. I was so excited to get back in and climb. It was probably my fourth or fifth route and everything felt normal. I will say I didn't warm up probably as well as I should have, but I was on the very last move. And if you know rock climbing terms, I kind of had to dyno where you jump and grab a hold. And it wasn't even the hold that I was, the hand that I was jumping to grab with. I was stabilizing with my right arm and I had to kind of pull downward in order to launch myself up. And I felt three pops really deep within my shoulder. And it was like, oh, that did not feel good. But to be honest, it didn't feel so bad that I was even confident anything was torn. It just felt gross. Um, I kicked off the wall for a second got some courage to finish the route, came back down, didn't want to be a baby in front of the people that were belaying me. So I did another route, which probably wasn't my smartest decision because the entire time I was climbing that route, I felt like my arm might fall off or truly like my shoulder may dislocate. Um, I was hoping that maybe it was just a strain of a rotator cuff muscle and came home, you know, did some ice, went to bed. And when I woke up in the middle of the night, I had to use my other arm to physically move my right arm, which is the injured shoulder. And that was pretty humbling. Um, Experiencing that type of, I'd say, humility and it, it was sobering to just feel out of control a little bit of my own body. And I would say betrayed in a way by my own body because in that first initial moment of impact it was almost like how could you do this to me although now after much much time to reflect I'm recognizing I do these things to my body and my body continues to show up for me so by no stretch of the means was I betrayed by my body if anything I have betrayed my own body over and over with my shenanigans and it has continued to just show up and be there for me. So I've had a lot of time to 
just kind of think and reflect. And I sat down and wrote some thoughts. Um, This was even before I recognized the extent of the injury, which I'll kind of get into. But I did just want to take some time to share and reflect some of the things that I've learned in this initial few weeks of injury. And then, spoiler alert, I did end up needing surgery. So as I record this, I'm 16 days out of surgery. I will be immobilized for six weeks in a sling, which if you know me, you know how independent I am. And it has been, again, humbling, but also beautiful and um, incredible and awe-inspiring and necessary, I would say, for my growth. I think it's almost like you have to descend in order to ascend sometimes. And I really feel like this has been a lot of descending and sitting and just being, being in this moment, sitting in it, allowing myself to feel everything I need to feel and not really focusing on forward movement. You know, sometimes in our lives, we are invited to just be there. And it's excruciating because if you're like me, if you give me the formula and tell me how to fix it, I will fix it faster than has ever been done before. But when the formula to fix it is to chill the F out and sit my ass down and do nothing but heal for an extended amount of time, it's a new level of productivity (laughs) that I've never been able to apply to that word because it means rest and recharging and healing. And it's just something that I haven't experienced before. So I wanted to share some things that I have learned throughout this time, as well as just a little bit about this kind of story and season of my life. Um, hoping that maybe it can reach someone that may be in a similar story or in a similar season. Um, and the first of that being, who am I when the most identifying aspects of my life have been taken away? You know, This has been a really tough pill for me to swallow because when I came away from that Joshua Tree trip, that is such a tongue twister every time I say it, I was so consumed and my identity had been so driven by climbing. And I left saying, these are my people and I am their people and and we have found each other. And without it even being, you know, 48 hours from coming off that trip, I was humbled to the point of not being able to climb at all. And I think sometimes we are handed a blessing wrapped up in a really ugly package. And it doesn't really look like much of a blessing when we're first handed it. But I have really found that when something that is identifying to us is taken away, that's when we actually figure out what our identity is. That's when we figure out who we are. You know, there's that quote that we don't know what we're made of until we're dropped into boiling water, kind of like a tea bag. You can walk around and you can look some way from the outside and have a really pretty package, but until you are dropped into boiling water, you don't really know what your contents are. And for me, I loved being the climber on the outside and I loved having this thing that could identify kind of who I am and and what I want to be, but Having that taken away so swiftly and then with that was also taken away a lot of physical activity that brings me so much joy and so much connection and is such a release and an outlet for me and it caused me to have to get really honest with myself about what it is that happiness even even is, what that looks like, what contentment looks like because as much as a lot of the things I was doing did bring me a ton of joy there was also a lot of distraction involved and I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm fully admitting that, that there was a lot of times that I think it was kind of just a process that I'd created, a habit I had created. And sometimes it was maybe to avoid sitting on the floor alone with myself. But when those things were taken away, I didn't really have a choice but to do just that. Um, I think that when we look at the areas in which we spend the most time, maybe it's our job, maybe it's being a parent, maybe it is in some type of a community that we found, church, um, our sports. If that thing is taken away, who are you? And that doesn't mean that you actually have to lose that thing in order to question that, but sometimes it's good just to sit and pause and think about it and, and ponder on that. If I lost this tomorrow, would I even still exist? And then figure out the areas in which you do want to take up space and you do want to exist within. And that for me has been just such a gift to get to know myself more deeply, sit in those quiet spaces of unknowing while I allow myself to just heal. I think if we become identified by only one thing, there isn't a lot left if that thing's taken away. And so the biggest gift we can give ourselves is to get to know ourselves, enjoy our own company, and figure out what it is that makes our heart come alive and do more of that. And not only more of that in one thing, but more of that in all the ways in which we come alive. The next thing that I've really recognized that I touched on a little bit before has been asking myself when the last time was that I thanked my body. You know, this injury has really put a lot in perspective for me because as I said, I felt sort of betrayed and almost a little bit bitter and resentful when I was injured because it was the first time I've experienced an injury like this. And then I realized how incredible that is to be able to say, you know, that at 33, I really haven't had to go under the knife and have surgery or experience a condition in which I am chronically in pain or dealing with some type of a limitation and being an occupational therapist and working with kids that have special needs for nearly a decade, I witnessed over and over and over again, the resilience that these children have. And the fact that not only do they keep showing up for their bodies, but their bodies keep showing up for them. And it might look different from one person to the next. And your body and journey with your body might look different than mine does but we have to thank our bodies, these shells that we inhabit for showing up for us. Even when we beat them down, even when we look in the mirror and maybe we don't speak very kindly to them. I have been so guilty of treating my body unkindly, of saying unkind things about my body, of wishing it looked differently on the outside, even though it is so strong and has shown up for me so many times. You know, I've stared in the mirror and pinched my thighs that have actually walked me away from so many situations that no longer served me, climbed mountains, made it to Everest base camp, brought me to all of the most incredible experiences of my life. And instead I stare at them and I pinch an inch of skin and wish it was gone. Or I, you know, stare at my stomach that has allowed me to deep belly laugh with my friends and has allowed me to have a strong core that can hold me up in moments where I am weak. And I look at it as skin and folds and imperfections and dimples and things that I wish were different. But throughout this experience, I have stared at myself in the mirror and I have seen such a strength. You know, I have a couple new scars. I've got a couple entry points post-surgery that I am so proud of. 
I'm proud of the strength that allowed me to experience that and make it out on the other side and feel stronger because of it. And in the moments where I see a new imperfection, a freckle, a line, a wrinkle, I just recognize how much experience it took to get me to that. And I'm trying to find gratitude rather than wishing it away or wishing it could be different. And that for me has been so humbling as well and has just been such a source of immense, immense gratitude throughout this time and allowed me to find peace and contentment with this shell that I've been at war with, it feels like, for so long in ways that I wouldn't have ever imagined possible. The next thing that I've pondered is how distractions have been playing a role in my life. I feel like I'm being forced to slow down in a way that I never have before And even when it comes to my morning rituals of maybe having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, I was always able to multitask because I had one hand to drink the coffee and one hand to multitask and return emails or read slacks or do something. And now I'm being forced to really do just one thing. I have one hand. I I can't do two-handed tasks and I can't do two tasks with two different hands. And that has actually been... Something that has been so comical at times because I don't realize my own limitations and I try to have a cup of coffee and open the door and I realize I can't do that. But it's really caused me to slow down in a way and really question some of the distractions that maybe I was doing subconsciously or allowing in my life subconsciously and slow down in ways that I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't actually have a limb impaired for this amount of time. And I think that it's been a gigantic blessing in slowness and softness and receiving help and not allowing myself to be distracted in some of the ways that maybe I was distracted in before. And so I really hope to carry that with me even after I'm out of the sling, even after my strength returns and I'm able to be back to quote normal because I think that We sometimes have to slow down to speed up and we also sometimes have to slow down just to slow the F down. Our lives are not meant to be raced through. And for me, in the last few weeks, the most content, peaceful, empowering, incredible moments I've experienced have been sitting alone with myself or my thoughts or the birds in the morning and just being And I think so often we're so busy with doing that we can't be. And so this time frame has allowed me so much beauty in being and allowing and just sitting in my own energy and and celebrating it. And that's something I really do hope to carry forward no matter what. The next thing that I've really reflected on was actually shared with me by Mike Taylor, one of our wonderful appraisers. He has a phrase that he often reminds himself of, and it's amor fati. It means love your fate. This was hard for me because for the first few days slash weeks, the last thing I wanted to do was love the fate that I had. All I wanted was to be back on that climbing wall. All I wanted was to be doing HIIT workouts and lifting weights and spinning and doing these things that I felt incapable of doing for a while. And that 
you know, inner child stomped its foot inside of me and said, I will not tolerate this. We are going to figure out a way. And I had to be humbled in accepting my fate. And then truly after a while, I started finding myself soften in ways that I never would have imagined myself soften. And I started feeling love for this situation that I'm in. And I let my heart fill up with that love. And I let my life fill up with that love. And I felt peace in ways that I never would have imagined. I thought it was a grit your teeth and white knuckle this season, get to the other side and then feel love again. But how sad to rob ourselves of that love that we can feel in all seasons, but we can love in all fates as well. And I know that in moments of struggle, the last thing you want somebody to do is say, you know, everything happens for a reason and this is going to be a blessing someday when you look back on it. I would have punched you with my good arm if you would have told me that right when I was experiencing this. But challenging myself to love my fate and recognize the difference between tolerating something I'm in and finding ways to love it or laugh at it or be curious about it has made such a big difference. I definitely needed the time I gave myself to feel resistance and anger and physical and emotional pain when I initially had this happen. And I think that's necessary. I don't think that we go from have some sort of trauma or grief or loss and just love it right away. I feel like that's almost a little bit sociopathic. But the more that we practice it and the more that we become comfortable with allowing emotion to move through us, the sooner and not that it's a race but the sooner in a sense that when we hold ourselves in that anger and re- and resistance we're causing ourselves to suffer and the faster or the more capable we are at detaching from those outcomes and detaching from expectations and letting the love come back in letting that love seep into our story the sooner we are able to really embrace and embody that fate and stop digging our claws and our heels in and feeling so much resistance, which is really only causing us to suffer. And so I think that for me, you know, recognizing that this is such a minor thing in the big scheme of things, even though it felt so massive initially. And and you guys, whatever you're facing, let yourself feel that pain. Let yourself feel the enormity of what it is that you're facing and let it feel all-consuming and then zip yourself out of it and step outside of it and look around and zoom out and look at the world and look at the people that might be taking their last breath today or tomorrow and look at the people that are experiencing so many fates that would be maybe more difficult to love in this exact moment in comparison to the thing that you're facing. And again, not that it has to be comparison of your heart is harder than my heart or your blue is harder than my blue. We all feel different shades of blue at different times in our lives. And we have to feel all of that before we can unzip ourselves and get outside of it and and look at the light at the end of the tunnel or even know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And so... I think for me, I'm, I'm really reminding myself that I'm still alive. I'm still capable. I'm still learning. Boy, am I learning and am I growing in this season. I have had growing pains that I have not had in my life through this season. I've been humbled in ways that I have not been humbled in my life through this season. And I'm thankful for it. And I have restored relationships 
throughout this time by allowing myself to be helped and have people show up for me that I would never have imagined if you told me, you know, even just a few months ago, your relationship with your mom is going to be stronger than you could ever imagine. I wouldn't have believed you. And I can say right now, my relationship with my mom is stronger than it's ever been. And those are things that I feel like sometimes we have to descend in order to expand and ascend to, like I said. And so allowing myself to really just get in the trenches and feel it has been such a gift. And um, I can truly say that I have been more peaceful and exuded a light and a happiness and an energy and a, and a softness that I just haven't possessed before. And so... I'm learning to be so thankful for this. And looking back now, I'm not even close to being out of the woods and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't fast forward, which is crazy for me to admit that it makes me emotional to say that right now. I wouldn't fast forward this time because it is growing me so much and challenging me in ways that I don't think I could have been challenged to overcome if I didn't have my arms strapped in a sling right now. So I'm finding ways to love it and I'm so thankful for that. The next thing has been to not borrow problems from the future. Um, I have been practicing this daily because I think we can always find new reasons to stress and new things to hold on to, to worry about and, you know, just dive down the rabbit holes that we're invited to and, just sit there with all of this unnecessary suffering of what if. When I first had this injury, I rehabbed for six weeks non-surgically and I was so confident that I was going to be able to be one of those outliers that didn't need surgery and I was going to be just fine and I did all sorts of PT and took every supplement under the sun and cold plunged and saunaed and did everything you know in the world. And I finally got to a point of acceptance that... I maybe needed some more imaging. I got an MRI. Um, I then had a surgical consult. I realized I needed surgery. And I realized that those six weeks would have passed, you know, regardless. And I sat there stressing about the outcome in so many ways. And then I received this news that I actually needed surgery. And that was a whole new outcome to stress about. And now I'm finding myself just standing up and expecting my knees to explode and my other shoulder's gonna go and you know my back's gonna break. All these things that it's like, I just am borrowing problems from the future because I felt a new type of pain of injury that I'd never experienced before. And sometimes I think that we're all kind of masochists and we find pain to cling to. And then we magnify that pain. And then we apply that pain to other aspects of our own lives. And then we say, what if my family member had something happen to them? And oh, that's a fun rabbit hole to dive down. And it's exhausting and it's so unnecessary. And it's borrowing problems that not only are in the future, but might not even be in the future. They may not exist. We're creating them. And I think for me, it's been so important to focus on today, in the present moment, right now. I have enough things to worry about right now, but I also have enough things to celebrate right now. Why waste my time worrying about the future when I could celebrate today? The little wins, the little victories, the things that I maybe 
didn't think that I could say I can do today that I couldn't do yesterday or the mindset shift that I've had. I feel as though my weeks have been made up of so much reflection, so much gratitude, fear, tears, joy, hope, you name it. I have felt it. And I don't want to steal the joy from the future by creating problems that don't exist there. And to be honest with you, the stories in my head are made up. So why not lean into the law of assumption that everything's actually going to be wonderful? I mean, if both stories are untrue and, you know, of course, one may be true, but if they're both kind of speculation or assumption, why not assume the good things and let your brain and your you know, your wiring, your neuroplasticity to start to strengthen those pathways of the positive things that could happen from this and the positive outcomes and the times when you thought things weren't going to go right and they did, rather than all these times that we thought things were going to go right and they didn't. I think that it's if we're going to focus on something and we're going to be delusional, we might as well be delusional in our favor, you know, right? So I've really found myself trying to reframe those thoughts when they when they intrude and just pausing and saying, nope, Mikhail, we're changing the channel. We're not going there today. We're not going to go down all the things that could go wrong. And instead, we're just going to be in awe at the miracles that have happened and in the softness that has occurred throughout this time and in the lessons you've already learned and the ability to connect with people and the incredible army of people that has shown up and supported me and brought me meals and bathed me (laughs) It has been so, so, so hard for me to allow people to help me in the ways that I have allowed. And now I feel good at accepting help, better at accepting help for sure than I was before, but I would say I'm getting pretty good at it. I'm not apologizing so much. I'm not feeling like I'm a burden because the people in my life have made me feel the opposite of that. Over and over again, they have said, it is an honor to show up for you. It is an honor to dry your feet when you get out of the shower because you can't do it yourself. And even if I have to grit my teeth and I've got tears in my eyes because it is so incredibly hard to feel dependent, it's also the best feeling in the world to have people in your life that will show up for you and braid your hair and make you meals and tie your shoes and help you change your sheets and do your laundry. I mean, at the end of the day, it has just been the biggest reminder of how incredible the people in my life are. And it's also been such a reminder of what this life is about. And it's so, so much about connection and supporting one another and showing up for one another. And I can only hope I get to return the favor to everyone in my life that has shown up tenfold. Because the feeling of receiving when someone's doing something without expectation of having something being given to them in return, the feeling of people showing up for me just to show up has been such a blessing and it has allowed me to experience the way in which I want to give moving forward the way I want to show up in people's lives and hold space for them and sit with them when they're experiencing something that no words or actions can fix, but sometimes just not having to sit and feel it alone is the biggest gift that we can give or be given. 
this time of recovery has been a roller coaster. To give you guys a little bit more information just on my unique experience or what I'm currently going through, like I said, I had spent six weeks rehabbing non-surgically. At about the five-week mark, I got an MRI with contrast. And what that looks like is having dye injected deep into your shoulder capsule. It kind of fills it up like a balloon. And then they put you in the MRI where it does a ton of imaging and the contrast is crucial, especially to show tears that you may have in your tissue, um, in your labrum, which is kind of the um, the thing that holds your the ball of your bone that goes into your shoulder, holds that in place into the socket. We have one in our shoulder and we have one in our hips. Um, and so when someone dislocates a shoulder, that often tears the labrum, but there's also ways that just pulling on that tissue or um, kind of going out of a range of motion can actually tear that labrum tissue. And then after that, you experience a lot of instability and just feeling like you, I don't know, like your shoulder or your arm's gonna give out. Um, and so I had the MRI and that was on a Friday and they got me in on Monday for a surgical consult and they were able to get me in the following Tuesday for the surgery. So things moved very quickly and the imaging showed not only the potential of a torn labrum, but some glenohumeroid tissue that I had torn that was just flapping around in my shoulder space. And that's what was causing me the most pain and getting stuck in places and kind of pinching and you know just impairing my movement altogether. And so the hope initially with the surgery was he'd go in and do a debridement and that my labrum wasn't torn. So I then had this kind of roller coaster of finding out on a Monday, there might be two outcomes of this surgery. And now for eight days, you get to go down the rabbit hole of what about this outcome? What about that outcome? Because the recoveries would have been very different. If it was just a debridement of the tissue, I could return to my normal activity at my pain tolerance. If it was the other option where the labrum also needed repaired, it's six weeks immobile. And then you start your active PT, which includes, you know, three to five pound maximum and very slowly move back into getting your strength back. It's about a four to six month recovery. And some people will say a year, you know, before you fully feel functional and back to normal. So that was a fun invitation to deep dive in all the things that could go wrong and, you know, have this weird optimistic feeling of things going differently, but also knowing that as I'm post anesthesia coming out, I'm going to have one of two outcomes and I've got to prepare myself for both. And so I was cautiously optimistic and went into it just with high hopes. And then when I came out of anesthesia, the first thing I looked at the nurse and said, she said, are you in a barf? <laughs> Cause I had a weird face. And then I said, no, but what was the outcome? And she said, what do you mean? Don't you know what surgery you got? And I said, well, I do, but they, there was going to be two outcomes. And she read to me, um, shoulder debridement and labrum repair. And I remember I closed my eyes, my eyes welled up with tears. And she said, are you going to barf again? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm still not going to barf. I'm just bummed. Um, but anyway, backing up a little bit, the, you know, leading up to surgery, I only really had eight days. So that was nice to not be able to freak out too much. Um, I really haven't had a lot of experience with surgery. I think I've been under anesthesia once or twice before, um, but a long time ago. So 
it was a little nerve wracking. Um, I was able to get an extended nerve block called Exparel and it was my absolute best friend. Um, my nerve block didn't fully, fully wear off for like a hundred hours, which sounds insane and it was insane, but you have to wear a special bracelet that notifies first responders in case something were to happen, you know, trauma or injury that you can't have any lidocaine you can't have any local anesthesia you can't even have like a light like an anesthetic spray none nothing so thank goodness I didn't get into any other accidents or anything because that would have been fun to deal with but um I got the nerve block that was extended and then surgery itself was maybe only about an hour maybe you know give or take um and it was all um arthroscopic which is amazing to me so two little tiny incision points and then he puts a camera down there and all the tools he utilizes go down these tiny little tools go down the little microscopic tubes in your shoulder and then the surgery itself is kind of being performed externally and so he was able to debride the tear which he I was able to see pictures of and it was pretty gnarly um so he debrided all of that tissue. I did do some damage to, you know, the bone and the the, the joint surface, I, I guess. Um, and then he was able to put in three anchors and suture my labrum up to the bone with some stitches that will hold it in place while it heals. And then it's about six to nine weeks for it to fully reheal to the bone. And then it's basically like new. I mean, it's your it's not it's not constantly held up there by something, you know. Um, I don't know what the word is, but like that's not your own. It actually reattaches to the bone and essentially heals itself. So it's pretty remarkable. Um, it's a pretty hard for it to do with on its own because you move so much that that tissue moves and even it's staying immobile. If it's not kind of approximated up to the bone, it's really hard for it to heal on its own. So anyway, that was the process there. I came out of surgery. Um, I was a little woozy for, you know, maybe a few days just coming out of the anesthesia, but thankfully I had no pain post-surgery, which is insane. Didn't even have to take like Tylenol. Um, so I never had to take any of the narcotics, which I was very thankful for. I'm freaked out by that. Um, and then really no Advil. I bought an ice machine and it stayed in the box and I returned it cause I didn't even need that. And then at about a week post-surgery, I finally accepted that I just wasn't going to feel much pain from it because I would have been shocked if it was fine for a week and then all of a sudden, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks. So I had my post-op and he was super happy to hear how well I was doing. I really never even had swelling or inflammation um, from one shoulder to the next. It was just like a tiny little starey strip that marked a difference. Um, and then of course my sling being on. But the, you know most difficult things I'd say in the last two weeks of healing in my sling have been trying to do my own hair. You would not believe the lengths at which I have gone to try to pin my head against the wall as a stabilizer and twist my hair up into like a claw or something. Um, but again, thank goodness for my friends for always being willing to braid my hair and help me with that. And other than that, recovery has really not been bad. I had my first PT appointment today and it went really well. Um, it felt so good to get out of the sling and have some passive range of motion performed. I got 17 follow-up appointments scheduled, I think. Um, and it's interesting being on the patient side of patient care rather than the provider side. So that was humbling and also just a cool experience and another opportunity for me to just surrender and allow and you know, all in all, I am doing far better than hanging in there. I am surprising myself every day. I'm surprised by my community every day. And I'm finding so many ways to be thankful for this time in my life. And also perspective in knowing it is a blip in time when it comes to all the days and weeks and months and years of our lives as a whole. 
And I'm just doing my best as I challenge you to do wherever you find yourself listening to this to be all there wherever you are and to allow yourself to sink into it a little bit, lean into it. When your mind asks you to lean out and pull away, lean in and feel what that feels like to just get back in your body and close your eyes and be all there wherever there is for you right now. I hope you can be all there. And always remember, as I say time and time again, that no feeling is final. And that includes the good feelings and the bad feelings. None of them are final. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. It also can feel kind of tragic and kind of sad when we're experiencing highs. But when we're experiencing highs, that's another invitation to be all there. If you are in a season of your life where things are flourishing, let them, celebrate them, feel worthy of that. Bask in the sunlight and in in the experiences that are being handed to you as blessings and wonderful, exciting moments to cherish and to take snapshots in your mind of to lean on on those hard days. And if this is a rough season, be all there too. The last thing that I want to do is look back on this time and think to myself that I spent all of it wishing I was somewhere else because I am not somewhere else and you are not somewhere else and we are both and all right where we are right in this very moment. And so if I can challenge you to do anything right now, it's just to sit for a moment and think about where you are. Think about how far you've come. Think about how much is still around the corner waiting for you to experience it and be excited in that and be delusional about how good it's going to be because it is, it is going to be so, so, so good that you can't even imagine how good it's going to be. And I'm going to leave you guys with that. Cheers to how good it's going to be and cheers to how good it's already been. Because in every single thing we experience in our life, there is something about that thing to celebrate. I see you. I'm celebrating you. I'm with you. You are never, ever alone. And I thank you so much for tuning in to True Matters. Signing out.